Hey, this is Kyle Papadum. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I am so excited. I have been studying for a long time to start off a brand new series, and this series is all about anxiety. I've heard so many stories over the last couple of years of people who are dealing with anxiety as a disorder or as a feeling or as a way of life even. And I really want to hear what God has to say uh, to the church about anxiety. And so this series is called Stop the Spiral. Now, we're going to start off with two scriptures that at the surface don't necessarily seem like they correlate, but I want to show you that they do. John chapter 12, verse 12 through 18 says, The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. They missed it. They weren't paying close attention. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things were written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling stories to others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about his miraculous signs. The next section of scripture is going to be out of James chapter 1. Verse 2 opens this way, says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives so generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Now, the series title is Stop the Spiral, but this message is called Stop the Scroll. I want to specifically talk about what is causing some of our anxiety. See, so many times when we're talking about anxiety, the, the more I study it, the more I realize that it's a cyclical problem, that it starts here, but it ends here. Um, and I actually haven't struggled with anxiety as a disorder in my own personal life, but I have felt it in some pretty powerful ways. The most recent was back in December, right before we launched this church that you're now watching. Um, I really felt like there was a tension in my heart. And I don't mean a spiritual one. I mean, my heart was physically racing. I felt like I was having a heart attack, like my chest was closing in on me. It was hard to breathe and focus. And I just had to get away and take a nap. And that was really difficult. Um, and so that actually provoked me to continue to studying this thing. A year and a half ago, God put it on my heart to start studying this. How are we as Christ followers supposed to be dealing with anxiety? Because so far, we're not handling it well. I do want you to know that I am not a therapist. I'm not a, a psychologist. But I have been in conversations with many of them over the last couple of weeks, talking and, and running through this entire series with them. 
they range in experience um, and degrees, but I really believe that God has raised them up for such a time as this. I am, however, a pastor, and I feel uniquely qualified to talk about this because this is something that God has put on my heart. I've also interviewed about a dozen people with anxiety disorders or as they feel it as a feeling or uh, it's just a lifestyle that they're dealing with, and I believe that God has something to say to every single person who's dealing with this, and even those who aren't dealing with it regularly, this is something that God gave us to feel, and, and, and we need to make sure that we're managing it correctly. I was having a conversation with my sister um, a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about how anxiety in one area of our lives can cause anxiety in other areas of our lives. And she actually said it causes a spiral effect, that when you get caught in anxiety, it tends to snowball. And that's where we actually got our series title, Stop the Spiral. See, there are a lot of triggers when it comes to anxiety. And unfortunately, the easiest one to pick on is social media. Now, I do want to talk about social media, um, but I don't want you to feel like from the outset you have to go and delete all of your social media platforms. Uh, Because in this season that we're in currently, it's actually a primary way of communication and celebrating community. But in order to understand anxiety on a deeper level, I need you to know two things. Number one, anxiety is a secondary emotion. It's rooted in something deeper called a primary emotion, and that can be anger or sadness. It could even be joy and anticipation. The second thing that you need to know about anxiety is it's a God-given emotion. It's something that he uses to inform us about something that he's doing in our lives on a deeper level, but it is not a state that he desires for us to live in. I was talking with one young woman um, in one of my interviews and, and said, tell me what anxiety feels like. And she said, imagine going up a roller coaster, being terrified in the beginning to be on a roller coaster, but getting to the very top and just peeking over the edge, that feeling of tenseness in your gut, and then stop there. That's what it's like constantly. I believe we actually invite anxiety into our lives by letting ourselves be captured by multiple feeds. It's interesting that the average teenager reaches and touches their cell phone almost 3,000 times a day. We spend so much time with a phone in our hands scrolling through our feeds that we just end up feeding our insecurities. I love that they're called feeds. It tells us up front what it is. It's feeding our insecurities. Can I be honest with you though? Not only do we need to stop scrolling through the scenes on the screen, but we also need to stop scrolling through the scenes in our minds. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I will think ahead to what's about to happen. I spend a lot of time thinking about what happens after this season settles. And for some of you, it could cause you to be anxious. I know there are some things that are unsure in my life and and I'm having to trust God in those things that he knows what he's doing and and he's gonna give me clarity in those. We need to stop playing out in our minds the worst case scenario and start trusting God that he knows what he's doing. Of course we're anxious. We don't know how to control our thoughts from running away with our peace. In fact, next week's message is going to be specifically on that topic. How do we find peace in the middle of anxiety? So I asked a therapist, what role does social media play in perpetuating the spiral? She said, "Um, it can be a device to avoid the problem. It in itself isn't bad. Social media isn't bad. It's actually a tool that we're using to spread the gospel. And it can be a tool to communicate and build community, but it can also be a tool of distraction or comparison. 
So if social media can be such a good tool, how can it be used for distraction? Well, it's us avoiding problems. And the therapist that I was talking to said, um, avoidance is prolonged suffering. See, the brain doesn't know how to disambiguate something that happened across the world from what's happening in the next room. So we bring it into our own space because we're not disciplined in our own self-awareness or in our own thought lives. So we let our thoughts take over. We let the inmates run the asylum. We picture the worst case scenario. We turn on the news or get it on Facebook and we just hear the worst case scenarios all the time. So my question to you is this, what does it look like to be disciplined? In our own self-awareness or in our thought lives, I interviewed almost a dozen people Regardless of the nature of their anxiety or the severity of it, there was one thing that they all said would help their anxiety. You wanna know what it is? Spending time with Jesus in his presence, praying and talking with him and then being quiet and letting him speak into the deepest parts of who they are and what they're feeling. It's really hard to study anxiety and not hear the term cognitive dissonance. That is the state of having inconsistent thoughts beliefs or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. I love this. Check it out. James chapter one opens with him writing to disciples who were scattered among the nations a lot like we are now. He says in verse six, but when you ask, you must believe and do not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Then skipping to verse eight, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Well, if you studied cognitive dissonance and you begin to look at this verse, something pops up at you. Double-minded, unstable. Double-minded means of two souls or two selves. It means wavering. It means to vacillate, not being sure. Unstable means unsettled or inconsistent in all they do. It was funny, I was talking with a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Bill and he's a pastor. We were talking together about anxiety and he said the Latin word for anxiety is anger and it means to be drawn apart in opposite directions. It means divided into parts. It means squeezed or choked or tormented. Figuratively, it even means to go to pieces. And what's really interesting is they used to use this term. Now kids, this is a little graphic. A long time ago, they used to strap people to four different horses and have them run in four different directions until the person became dismembered. And that is just a word picture of what is happening in our brain when we say something and we don't follow it up with our actions. When we say we believe that God is good, but we don't actually trust him. When we say we're spending time with him, but our faith isn't actually growing. See, I believe the constant information that's coming into our lives is a distraction technique from the enemy. The tendency is to compare what you're going through now with the perception of what someone else is going through currently. You're comparing your behind the scenes to their highlight reel. We just weren't created to sustain the weight of that comparison. Sundays are typically my least favorite day to be on social media. I follow a lot of churches and it's always irritating to see how many churches always try to push the same kind of thing and show how many people they had in the biggest event, even if the event was really small. It seems fake and forced. But then I realized that the issue wasn't them posting, it was my heart. It was my comparison, it was my frustration. My tendency is to compare what we're doing with what somebody else is doing. You ever found yourself there? So I spent some time praying and asking God, how do you want me to react to this? 
and he said, it's okay to compare hustle. It's just not okay to compare harvest. It's okay to make sure that you're working hard and show that you're working hard, but to expect that that work is going to lead to the same outcome as somebody else is just unrealistic. See, obedience is my responsibility. Outcome is God's. If I'm called to do something, it's my responsibility to obey, to go after it and seek God with everything I have. And it's his job to make sure that the outcome is what he wants it to be. Now, I told you today's Palm Sunday and, and these two verses do correlate. Jesus comes into the city and for the first time he is recognized as the king of the Jews. But what's really interesting is the same people who were cheering for him on Palm Sunday were the same people in the crowd saying, hang him on Thursday. So those who cheered on Sunday, they were missing what they were looking at because they thought they knew what they were looking at. They expected Christ to come and overthrow the government in a militaristic fashion, but the reality is he came humbly, even riding a donkey. They were so preoccupied with what was right in front of them that they missed what God had said he was already going to do. They missed the fact that Jesus said, here's what's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying that we, if we were there, would have caught these uh, hints any better than they did, but... It's funny that Christ calls us into solitude, not into isolation. We weren't built to sustain this way of life that we're in right now. We were called, however, to spend time alone with Christ. And the enemy has twisted that. Our tendency is to think, I'm the only person who feels this way. That's the prison, the spiral of anxiety. You think you're the only one who's ever felt this way. But the enemy has been social distancing us for years. We're just now finding language for it. Jesus is completely comfortable in our anxiety, and he will sit with us in it. But the goal of his sitting with us is not that he gets comfortable in our anxiety. It's that we get comfortable enough with him to let him lead us out of it. So how do we stop the scroll? The easiest way is to get into community. Now, I'm not asking you to delete Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, but what I am saying is instead of going after the followers and the likes, spend time in intimate conversations, actually asking people how they're doing, actually communicating how you're feeling. We've been asking the last couple weeks for you to call people and check in with them, make sure they're doing okay, but I'm checking in with you now saying, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you keeping up your spiritual walk? Are you feeling more anxious in this time? I think we all are. I know I am. I dealt with it even last night. But I think God is calling us to step out of our anxiety into the calling that he has for our lives. I think the best way to do this is to get involved in a small group. We've been interacting over Zoom, and this last week we spent a ton of time talking with, we had 37 people in our Zoom call. And it was so fun to hear people's stories and hear how they're doing in their lives, but it was also really incredible to get really deep, really quick, and talk about our prayer lives. What does our meditation in our prayer life look like? And then I ended up cutting my brother's hair on a camera, and it looks fine. He's cool, by the way. Um, but then we had another conversation about anxiety where people were sharing their stories with us. So we were having intentional conversations I, I want to encourage you, stop liking posts and start loving people. That's the way that this is going to be fixed. I love that Christ has laid out an incredible story that we're going to be celebrating this next week. The story of his life and death and resurrection can be told throughout this week, but I want to give you an opportunity right now to invite Christ into your life. It might be that you're struggling with anxiety. It might be that you're struggling with depression. Or maybe you just need something. If you do need something, reach out to us. 
send us a DM or, or an email. Let us know. We want to help in any way that we can. But the, the greatest thing that Jesus ever did was he came and died for a way of life that he didn't want us to live in. That was sin. Anxiety is a result of living in a sinful world. Anxiety itself is not a sin, but if it gets to the point where you're not trusting God in it, then it might be. And I, I don't want to just pick on anxiety. There's a lot of stuff in our lives that we deal with. And if you've got a lot of junk in your life, you want Christ to do something about it. You want to walk in the path of peace that he has for us. I want to give you an opportunity right now. See, the Bible says that all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You'll be saved. Now, you can do that in the comfort of your own home. Maybe it's in your living room. Maybe the kitchen table. Maybe you're even in bed. No judgment here. But God is coming to you right now, right where you are, and saying, I want to help you stop the scroll. Stop the bad thoughts in your head. Stop the, the worst case scenarios. And I want to give you a best case scenario. I want you to spend eternity with me. If that sounds like something you're into, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I pray that you would take away the sin in my life. That's the things that you call wrong. Would you forgive me and heal me? Make me like you. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you to the body of Christ. You're now a brother or sister of mine, and I am so excited that you've joined this journey with us. Would you do me a quick favor? If you did say that prayer for the first time, would you hit the little heart button on the screen? We want to know that you accepted Christ. We'll reach out to you. But then if you have a chance, fill out the connection card and let us know that you made that decision today. I don't want to go on, though, without acknowledging the people who say, hey, I do have a relationship with Christ already, but I'm still wrestling with anxiety. I'm still wrestling with stress. I'm still feeling anxious about this time that we're living in. Like I said earlier, Jesus is completely comfortable sitting in your anxiety with you. But the point is not for you to stay there. The point is for you to follow him through it. I really believe that he has something to say to you, and I want to pray over you. But I want to encourage you before I do that. If you're someone who goes to counseling or takes medication, don't stop doing that. But I would say this, if you go to counseling, spend the same amount or maybe even double that you spend in counseling with Jesus in his word this week. Stop the scroll on the screen. Stop the scroll in your mind and let Christ speak into your life. Father, I pray right now for a supernatural, overwhelming sense of peace in every person's life who's watching this. Father, whether they deal with anxiety, depression, or stress in their life, I believe that you've given us these emotions, but would you help us steward these correctly the way that you've called us to? We're asking that you continue to show us over the coming weeks what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to, to shoulder the weight of anxiety and let you take that yoke for us. God, we love you and praise you for what you're going to do and have done in this already. Go before us, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description below to give now, or you can go to LegacyChurch.online for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it on your social stories, and tag us at Legacy Church Tustin. Thanks again for listening. God bless.